With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Nation podcast, HawkeyeNation.com. Andrew Downs here with you on a beautiful Tuesday afternoon in the sunny state of Iowa. And uh, what a day. What a good day. Uh, We learned about 24 hours ago right now that Jordan Bohannon is returning to the Hawkeyes for a sixth season. The program leader in three-pointers assists already the leader in games played with about 30 more on deck. And also the program leader in free throw percentage. He will return uh, in an unexpected move. Talked most of the season about how it was his last season. Went through senior day festivities. Obviously, has played four full seasons as a Hawkeye. Had 10 games in what would have been his junior season before taking a medical redshirt uh, off of a couple of hip surgeries. If healthy... He will break the three-point record in the Big Ten uh, all for career three-pointers uh, in the first you know, week or so of the season. I think he's 11 back there and has a chance to beat the NCAA three-point record. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. And I have a feeling that some of you listening aren't as excited about this as I am. So I want to kind of talk through that a little bit. And then later on, uh, Jordan did meet with the media earlier this afternoon. And Rob Howe has put that up on HawkeyeNation.com. So I'm going to grab that video and play some of that and, and respond to some of that as Jordan goes. I haven't listened to much of that. I've, I've heard a little bit of it, but not much at all. And, and I haven't seen a lot of reporting on that. So uh, it'll be fun to listen to. We'll kind of go through that together. But before we do that, I want to go through some of the pros and cons of, uh, of J-Bo making this return and really tell you why. I'm extremely excited about it, and I, th- I think that, that you should be too. Uh, if not like 100% giddy about it, you should at least be happy and understand that it, it has made Iowa better. So let's kind of go through this a little bit. This was all reported by Chad Lysico of the Des Moines Register, and he's got a couple of stories up online. We've got a couple of stories at HawkeyeNation.com uh, as well. But wanted to give Chad credit for this reporting because uh, I think he's done a really good job with it and uh, has kind of been on top of it. And so, so check out his stuff if you haven't yet. But Jordan Bohannon has become a polarizing figure, not just in the state of Iowa, but really everywhere due to his hashtag not NCAA property campaign, as well as his on-court ups and downs. And he's had some really big ups that we know of. He's had some some downs. He was held scoreless and was really not a factor in Iowa's season-ending loss to Oregon. Now, the same can be said of C.J. Frederick and Connor McCaffrey. Both of those guys were held scoreless as well. They were part of the kind of stark difference between Iowa and Oregon. 
Uh, and and so Jordan's not the only one, but I think that game is in a lot of people's heads, and and kind of the mismatch that that was is in a lot of people's heads. And so I understand why some people are, are a little hesitant here. And again, let's just kind of talk through all of this. Why is Jordan returning? He'll talk about this in in the audio that we play here in a few minutes. But Fran re-recruited him to essentially replace C.J. Frederick. You know, we're just more than a week out of C.J. Frederick announcing that he's going to transfer. Uh, and Iowa needed a two-guard, and they needed a shooter. They've lost a lot there, uh, assuming that Joe Wieskamp goes to the NBA. And by all means, it sounds like uh, that's where he is headed. I'd be shocked at this point if he decides to come back. Iowa needed somebody in that position. Jordan Bohannon fits that well, and so Fran re-recruited him to come back. Jordan wants to play in front of fans, home and away. Uh, he he feeds off of the love that the Hawkeye fans give him in Carver-Hawkeye Arena and the hate that opposing fan bases give him on the road. That's part of his game. Uh, it's part of why he loves college basketball. It's a thing that he thinks he can help the younger guys get ready for and get used to. Uh, some of these guys, Keegan Murray, probably most importantly, have never played in front of packed arenas. And hopefully this fall and this winter and next spring, we will have packed arenas to play in front of. And so uh, he, Jordan wants that for his his final year. He wants to have his family there with him as his college career ends. He didn't get that opportunity. Uh, some places didn't allow any fans. Some places just allowed some friends and family. Uh, he talked to Chad Lysico about having to you know, hand his mom a flower through a barricade on senior day. That's not how he wanted his Hawkeye career to end. It's, it's, he, he wanted his family there. He wanted to hug his mom. He wanted his brothers to be there. Uh, and, and hopefully he'll get that opportunity now. Uh, he, he just, he, again, he's a family guy. He feeds off of that. Also, he wants to be healthy. He this you know he had the the one hip surgery, played ten games, had a second hip surgery. We know how long that takes to get back. I think we will see again with Connor McCaffrey's situation how long it takes to recover from a couple of surgeries like that. I believe Connor underwent his surgery yesterday, his second hip surgery. So uh, it, it's a hard thing to come back from. I think we saw early in the season that. It took Jordan a little while to get back to playing shape and get back to playing speed. Once he did, he was good. And then tore a labrum in his shoulder some point in the season, was dealing with that at the end of the year, and is not going to get surgery from that, but thinks he's going to be able to recover completely from that. And he wants a full season where he's healthy. Also, he got some advice from his three brothers, all of whom played Division One college basketball, and we heard this uh, a few weeks ago when Mike Halas of the Cedar Rapids Gazette had the other three Bohannon brothers on a podcast, and he was talking about the kind of end of the Bohannon era, and Matt Bohannon, who played at UNI, had this to say. I'm going to play this clip from Mike Halas. What emotions will you be going through? I mean, besides being Jordan's last home game, it's, it's, kind of, it's getting close to the end of the line for... 15 years of you guys being in Division One basketball. And, and it's it's been like a constant 15 years. There hasn't been a gap where there wasn't at least one of you. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say start with a couple things here. The first thing is, is is Jordan does have an option to come back. So I don't have any say on what he can or cannot do. But if I was in his position and I had another year of school, I know what I'd choose looking back now. <laughs> really? <laughs> I think Jason and Zach would echo that too. That You got another year of college basketball and – I mean, go play it. I mean, now, but but I'm 27 years old, and I, I you know, I have a different perspective. He's, uh -huh. you know, 
fifth year college. A lot of his close friends have left. He's one of the oldest ones there. Different environment for him. And it's been a lot tougher year, obviously, as you can imagine. So he might be in a different mindset, but um, that'd be my piece of advice to him. And I think a lot of us listening can understand that, you know, as I sit here pushing 40, if you could give me a chance to go back to college for a year, I would absolutely take it. And I wasn't a division one basketball player. I didn't have, uh, you know, a career like that to, to live up to or to expand upon. Um, I wasn't the big man on campus and I didn't have a campaign trying to get NCAA athletes uh, some of the rights that Jordan feels like they should have. So when you talk to three brothers, all of whom played and all of whom wish they could have had another year, that's got to be a a pretty compelling argument from from those guys so now some fans are upset about this and let's talk about why that is I think there are some legitimate reasons to question whether or not this is a um I don't think there's a reason to question whether it's a good thing I think there's a reason to question how good it is he's not super athletic we know that he can't really find his own shot And maybe more than anything, he's a defensive liability. And we've seen that for four and a half seasons. He disappeared against Oregon, as I mentioned. Uh, In in a big game, in a big spot where he was needed, he wasn't there. Also, and I think this is a big factor, maybe an underrated factor, he's opinionated and outspoken, and many fans don't like that. Even fans of his, even Hawkeye fans, even some of you listening, don't like the crusade he is on uh, for NCAA athletes. They may not like the way he does it, the the way he handles himself when it comes to that stuff. Um, they certainly, some people don't like his podcast or his social media presence. I saw fans, you know, pretty much ever after every game where he didn't play great last season, people were saying, "Ah, you know, focus more on basketball and less on podcasts." I'm not in that camp. Uh, I'm a guy who has a lot of different interests and does a lot of different things and thinks think I can do a lot of different things well. I don't expect my basketball players to be one-dimensional people, and uh, and I'm glad that Jordan has had the platforms he has had. I think he's done well with them, and I'm I'm proud of him uh, for fighting the good fight. And I think he can do that fight as an NCAA athlete better. But, I, I again, some people don't like that. Also, some fans have chalked up next season as a complete rebuild and we're excited to see a different-looking team on the floor. Bohannon is not a different look, right? We He's a known commodity. We know what he is. We know what this team looks like when he is on the floor, when he is leading this team. It's not different. We've had a lot of good moments with him, but if you were expecting a – Toussaint, Euless, Perkins, backcourt, and kind of a, a you know more athletic, more defensive-minded set of guards next season, you're not going to get that. You're going to get some of it, and we'll talk about that, and I think that this team is going to be more athletic, but you're not going to get the full-on uh, kind of transformation that, that maybe some people were hoping for, that I think was, was probably optimistic to think uh, that A, that would happen, or B, that it would be real successful. I think we'll find out at some point, but it's not going to be right away. So I understand all of that. Why am I happy that he's coming back? Why am I excited? Why am I, you know, giddy? I'm, I'm probably in like the top 10% of people who are super excited about this. Well, full disclosure, I've said this many times on this podcast. Jordan Bohannon is my favorite Hawkeye basketball player of all time. Uh, from big shots as a freshman, like the game winner over Wisconsin, to missing the free throw to stay tied with Chris Street, to leaving his shoes on the floor at Hilton Coliseum. I mean, this dude epitomizes Hawkeye basketball to me. He bleeds black and gold. He cares. He takes these rivalries to heart. 
He has amplified them. He has made them better. He's given me and us so many great moments, so many big shots, so many big games, so many game winners, ice in his veins. Now, he's far from perfect, but I get to see my favorite player play one more season. I hopefully get to see him play in person, and I get to watch him continue his quest to better the situation for NCAA athletes in the future. And again, I feel like he is more uh, in a better position to do that as an NCAA athlete than as a former NCAA athlete. But there's more than that. It's not just me liking Jordan Bohannon as a dude and, and getting getting to see him play. Iowa's basketball team is better today than it was yesterday. And that's a fact. Iowa needed a shooter after C.J. Frederick left. And let's assume that Jordan, uh, Joe Wieskamp is gone they weren't going to find a better shooter than Bohannon in the transfer portal. They're not going to find a guy who shoots 40% from three in the transfer portal. I don't know who people thought was coming to Iowa from the transfer portal. They weren't going to be better than Jordan Bohannon. They may have been different, may have have had some different qualities, may have been more athletic, some of those things. They weren't going to be a better three-point shooter. Beyond that, Jordan already fits the chemistry of this team and this program and can serve as a veteran leader on a young team. Now, Chad Lysico's story details that a big part of this was Jordan knowing that the current players want him back. Fran kind of put it to the team. Do you want me to re-recruit him? Do you want him to come back? Is that something that the rest of the team is interested in? And they said yes. Jordan wanted to make sure they said yes. He wanted to make sure that they were on board with this, that he wasn't coming in and going to have uh, guys who resented him, guys who wanted more minutes and were upset he was back. Bohanna was a bit of a better scorer before the past two seasons where he was dealing with those injuries and where the offense ran through Luka Garza, understandably so. I don't know what he's going to look like as a two-guard. He's undersized and under-athletic, but if he doesn't have to worry about carrying the ball, if he doesn't have to worry about running the offense, if he can come off screens, I'm excited to see what that looks like. If he's not just a three-point specialist, if he's not looking to get the ball to C.J. Frederick and Joe Wieskamp and Luca Garza, you know what's his game look like? What, what does it turn into? I'm excited to see what that looks like. Iowa will be more athletic this season, even with Jordan on the floor. With Toussaint and Ulis at the point, Tony Perkins heavily into the rotation of the guards, Keegan Murray with another year under his belt, they're going to be more athletic. I think you're going to like what you see. Now, they're not going to be good defensively, but I don't know that that's ever going to happen. I'm not sure that's in the cards for a Fran McCaffrey-Hawkeye team. It might just be something that we need to get used to, Iowa not being an elite defensive team. Is everything perfect because Jordan is coming back? Of course not. Does this instantly turn Iowa into a tournament team next year? Probably not. But I don't know who would have. I don't know who fans expected Iowa to get. And so, in a vacuum, I can see the cons. But in the real world and in the situation that that Iowa finds itself in, I don't see an argument that Iowa is worse off having Jordan Bohannon than not. Now, people like the unknown, and C.J. Frederick as the main scoring option was an unknown. I mean, really, CJ, a healthy C.J. Frederick is an unknown. We haven't seen his full potential. Maybe we will at Kentucky or wherever he ends up, but we haven't seen that yet. So there's an unknown element there. There's also an unknown element to some mythical guard in the transfer portal that could have conceivably come to Iowa or maybe still will come to Iowa. The unknown is sexier than the known, 
And one thing Jordan Bohannon is, is a known commodity. We know what we're getting with him. I happen to like that. But I get that the unknown is sexier. Now, I heard a caller here in, on local radio in Des Moines yesterday afternoon ask, does this make Iowa better two or three years from now? Kind of insinuating that, you know, taking minutes away from some of the younger guys and not moving beyond this J-Bo era, right? Like not just having a full uh, rebuild is a bad thing for the future of the program. And I can see that point. I understand the logic of that thinking. But we've spent the last several weeks talking about how unpredictable college basketball is going to become with the free transfer. And so to try and count your chickens in college hoops right now, I think is foolish. I have no idea what this team is going to look like in two years. And so do I think Jordan Bohannon coming back hurts or helps the program two years from now? I have no clue. What if Joe Toussaint plays great this season and then transfers out? What if Keegan Murray goes to the NBA as ESPN has predicted he will do by putting him in the first round of their mock draft of the 2022 draft? Honestly, like the only thing I'm sure of is that Patrick McCaffrey will be on this team, and that's assuming his dad is still the coach. Beyond that, I'm, I, I'm not sure Tony Perkins is going to be a Hawkeye two years from now. I'm not sure Josh Agundale... Or, I mean, even Philip Robracha, who we haven't talked about and we will. Uh, how many years is he going to play? Is he going to play one? Is he going to play two? We don't know what this team or this program is going to look like. And buckle up because there's going to be drastic changes year in and year out to just about every program in college basketball. And so to play your cards and say, well, this helps us for two years from now, or this hurts us two years from now, I think is a foolish way to think. It's it's an old way of thinking, and there's just no way to know what will happen with this program over the next couple of years. It's all about this year. It's a one-year deal every year. That's what we're going on now. Everybody's under a one-year contract, Hopefully. I don't know how good Iowa's going to be this cup, this upcoming basketball season, but I do know I'm going to be happy watching number three in black and gold for 30 more games, and I have a feeling a lot of you will be too. I also, uh, you know, with some of like the rebuild stuff, it's easy to say, yeah, I wanted to move on from the Bohannon, Wieskamp, Garza era and see what these young guys can do. It's easy to say that as we sit here in April and hope for the best. It was easy to say that when those guys would come in and play some minutes in Big Ten games. Is that how you'll feel if I was 12 and 19 next year? I don't know. I doubt it. Will you be calling for Fran's head if Iowa has a bad season next year, even though they look different and feel different and got rid of some of those guys? This is a win-or-go-home thing. Major sports are. I was in a better position today than they were yesterday, and that's a good thing. Who will be playing alongside Jordan Bohannon? Well, again, one guy is Philip Robracha, uh, a transfer portal guy from North North Dakota. I thought this was a key get for Fran McCaffrey. I thought he had to get him. Seemed like I was well positioned by all the reporting and uh, having missed out on a couple of guys. I felt like it was important that Iowa get this guy, so I'm very glad to have him. Seems like a good player, a true five. Needed him to replace Luca Garza and Jack Nunji. Needed a guy in that position. So this is a nice pickup. I think he's got two years of eligibility remaining, but did play three years in North Dakota. So again, it'll be interesting to see kind of who else uses this extra year of eligibility. Uh, it's clear right now when a guy like Jordan Bohannon does it because it's his sixth year. It'll be less clear 
in three years when you know some of these freshmen and sophomores have the opportunity to stay for a fifth season. So my starting five right now as we sit here for the Iowa basketball team, Joe Toussaint as the point guard. He's proven himself for the last couple of years. He provides an element of quickness and speed and uh, getting to the rim, breaking guys down. Not a, not a great shooter, doesn't have a lot of offense, but can hopefully develop some more of that as he moves into the starting point guard position. Jordan Bohannon at the two. Patrick McCaffrey and Keegan Murray at the three and four. I think those are somewhat interchangeable as far as uh, the way that they play those positions, but I think both of those guys are starters. And then Philip Robracha down low at the five. Off the bench, I think Connor McCaffrey, assuming he's healthy, uh, by all reports he will be, assuming he's good to go, he's probably your first guy off the bench. And the cool thing about him is he can play just about anywhere. So if it's a guard position, if it's a kind of a forward position, Connor McCaffrey will will get good minutes. Aaron Ulis is off the bench. I think he and Joe Toussaint are kind of the one-two punch at point guard. And while I would give Toussaint the start and a few more minutes, I think we'll see a lot of Aaron Ulis next year. And then Tony Perkins, I think, will play a big role in the rotation of the guards. Beyond that, we've got some big guys in Chris Murray, Peyton Sanford, Riley Mulvey, and Josh Agundale. I don't know exactly where Chris Murray and Peyton Sanford play, Three, four, wing area will be interesting. Uh, Josh Agundale, again, a guy that I think has potential, and I'm excited to see his future. But I'm glad to have a guy like Philip Robracha with some, you know, experience under his belt in there to start. And uh, Riley Mulvey, kind of the same way, he reclassified and is coming in the next season. There's still one spot left, assuming Joe Wieskamp doesn't take it. I think that that's kind of how you have to think of this. I heard Chad Lysico talk about this. Assume that 13th spot is Joe Wieskamp's if he wants it, and maybe it's room for another transfer portal guy. Maybe Fran just banks that, that scholarship for recruiting for next season. I think that's a good team. Is it a tournament team? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, can it play its way under the bubble? Maybe. I'm excited to see it, and I think considering what how we felt a week ago to how you should feel now, I think is, is really kind of night and day. And I think Fran McCaffrey deserves some, some credit for re-recruiting Jordan Bohannon and getting Philip Robracha out of the transfer portal. I'm excited to see this team next year. I was less excited a week ago. And really, what more can you ask for? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Let's go to Jordan Bohannon's press conference today. He spoke with the media for looks like about 18 minutes. Uh, I will cut and paste some of this, or you know, edit some of it, and uh, and you know, play some of it. Just just play it, and then chime in when I think I can add something, as I've done for several weeks on on some of these podcasts. Jordan, this is Alex Bubke here with Bookie's Basement. 
So Jordan, with your six years of eligibility, I'm hoping this means classes studies won't be as difficult. Correct me if I'm wrong. However, with that being said, can we expect to see an increased social media presence from you, whether it be on your podcast, streaming to viewers on Twitch, working with state legislators as one of the leading voices in NIL and Division One sports? I mean, I don't know if I can do more than what I did on social media than I have the past four years. So um, I think I'm just going to keep following in what I've been doing. Um, you know, I've a, created a platform for myself to, you know, talk about important issues and, um, you know, something that I don't think is too political with name, image, or likeness. You know, I've been a front runner on, you know, pushing an advocate for college athlete rights. You know, I think it's an important issue and I'm going to continue to fight for it because, you know, I think the the fight's almost over that we're almost going to be you know, accomplishing our mission of getting this to um, in fruition for the NCAA. So um, I think it's right on the horizon and we're going to keep pushing as far as my social media presence. You know, I'm going to continue to be outspoken, continue to, you know, be a confident guy on the court, off the get, off the court. Um, and nothing's going to change with that. Like Colas? What uh, are your motivations for coming back this season? Definitely want to provide leadership for these young guys. That was a, you know, it's funny. You know, I, and Chad wrote about this in an article yesterday when he released that I was coming back, that Fran basically was re-recruiting me this past, you know, two weeks, which is very weird because, you know, I'm 23 years old and I'm being re-recruited to be back in college. So, you know, to kind of make that full circle movement of, you know, having the option of coming back and, you know, I really wasn't planning to come back and, you know, a couple of things happened and things kind of fell in line for my opportunity to come back to have even brighter, you know, moment for me to be able to do that. So um, Coach McCaffrey got me in his office a couple of times and re-recruited me and laid down some, you know, the framework of what he wanted this year from me. And one of them was, you know, be able to provide my leadership to the young guys that, you know, played last year and are going to experience arenas that are going to be full with, you know, hopefully full with uh, fans. And, you know, it's a totally different game with that happening. And, you know, the guys coming in as well, they want, he wants someone to, you know, be that guy to, you know, continue to provide leadership for, you know, what's about to happen this and, you know, this incredible journey that we're on. So I think that was a huge selling, selling point for myself because, you know, I always think of myself as a leader and, you know, what better way for myself to learn more about myself and help others is coming back this year and try to accomplish something great. Really good answer there from Jordan and, and, you know, some insight there. I think it's interesting that Fran, you know, went out of his way to re-recruit Jordan. Uh, didn't expect him to come back. Jordan wasn't expecting to come back and uh, said, man, the role you can play on this team with these young guys and the chance that we have to continue your career and do something good here is really important. You have this opportunity. You're never going to have it again. Come on back and, and do this. And I think Jordan has the right mindset. It seems like he his head is in the right place. It seems like the team is in the right place. And and Fran McCaffrey is getting what he wants. And so, again, just um, more reasons why I'm excited for this. David Eichel. Hey, Jordan, welcome back. Um, what do you think your reception is going to be like when you go back into Hilton uh, this upcoming winter? And how much are you looking forward to returning there? Oh man, I think I, I needed to have security with me every step of the way <laughs> from going into Hilton and outside of Hilton. But no, this is what college basketball is all about, college sports in general. Um, you know, Iowa State fans can love me or hate me, but I can say that 
you know, I, I know how to rile up some fan bases. And um, I think that's what's so great about college sports is I have the opportunity to do such a thing. And, um, you know, you look at bunch of college athletes in the past, you know, Johnny Mansell, you know, go down the line of all these sports and all these athletes that were very outspoken and provided kind of this fire for, you know, college sports. And I think that's, what's so great about it. And, um, something I'm going to continue to do this upcoming year and Hilton's definitely going to be a hostile environment, but it's going to be a lot of fun. It is fun to have the guy that everybody else hates, right? It is fun to be rooting for the guy, be wearing the jersey of the guy, have that guy on your team uh, who everybody else just hates. And you've seen a lot of that in the fan bases uh, as in the last 24 hours, too. I mean, Iowa State fans can talk all they want about how uh, Jordan you know, was two for nine or whatever in that, in that game at Hilton Coliseum. And, well... I also won that game by 15 points. <laughs> um, so uh, it, it's great to have uh, that guy on your team because there's going to be other teams who have that guy too. Brad Davidson from Wisconsin is uh, is one. He's coming back as well. And so uh, we hate to have him on the other side. It's nice to have one of those guys on our side. Don Doxy. Yeah, Jordan, tell us a little bit about your discussions with Coach McCaffrey as far as your on-court role. I mean, are you going to be playing mostly the two-guard spot, do you think? Yeah, the main thing, one of the reasons why, you know, I kind of made the decision early on that I wasn't going to come back is I didn't want to impact Joe Tucson and, you know, his development as a player and wanting him to get back to kind of go into the spotlight that he was when I was injured and, you know, play that role of being a point guard and um, helping guys around and become a better basketball player. So that was one of the main reasons why I was not looking to come back. Um, and, you know, one of the things that Coach McCaffrey said was that he wanted me to be more of a combo guard. So I would start at the two this year and let – you know, Toussaint take over that role of being a point guard and um, kind of run the team that way. So, you know, I'll, I'll definitely still have the ball in my hands a lot, but, you know, I think my ability to move off the ball like I have a bunch of times throughout my career will create a different aspect to this team, and I think it will make us better in the long run. John Bowenkamp. Jordan, how much did the way the the season ended affect your decision to come back? I mean, obviously, I mean, it was – a tough loss. Did that, did that have an impact at all in your decision? Um, not really, to be honest with you, even, you know, a week or two after the season, I had my end of the meeting, end of the year meeting with coach McCaffrey and excuse me. And basically, you know, we all, my, my plan was to just to move on and, you know, play professionally whether it was in States or overseas. And that was the path forward moving forward and nothing was said really a lot about me coming back. So, you know, some things had to fall in line for this opportunity for me to come back and wanted to consider to come back. Um, and I think that a lot of those things helped me out to make a clear decision. Um, you know, I, I, kept, I did keep somewhat of a gate open. I, I've signed up for a bunch of one to two credit hour classes that I had an opportunity if I'd even touch my schoolwork until now that I still had an opportunity to you know, be eligible for next year. So, um, I had to work my butt off to stay eligible for next year, but um, that's why I wanted to wait on my announcement until Monday to make sure that everything was falling in line. But, um, you know, really looking forward to next year and helping these young guys out. That surprises me. I'm surprised that he didn't say that that Oregon loss and the way that season ended uh, and the you know lack of getting to a Sweet 16 in his career, some of those things, the lack of kind of overall team success uh, wasn't a big motivating factor. That that surprises me. I thought for sure, especially after the game he had against Oregon and, uh, and kind of the body language he had in that game, I'm surprised that that wasn't more of a motivating factor. I guess... I've never been a college athlete. I guess you just get to the point where you 
accept the end for what it is and you know it's coming, you know it's going to be there and regardless of what happens, it the, the end will come and uh, and you're just okay with that one way or the other. Hopefully that's a motivator for him moving forward. Hopefully that's a thing he can take with him. But I am a little surprised to hear that uh, that wasn't a, a key factor in his return. Grant Becker. Hey Jordan, uh, I know you went over some of this with Chad, uh, but can you kind of walk us through the the process that led from you saying, I'm probably not going to come back to, I am going to come back and how much did the advice of your brothers who had all, you know, who had made it, who had been through this before and have, are sitting around thinking maybe one more of those would be fun. Uh, how much did that weigh on your decision? Yeah. I mean, the first part or second part of your question, my family played a huge impact on me you know, deciding what I decided because they, all my brothers said, looking down the line, even, you know, Jason, um, the oldest one in our family, he was saying that if he had a chance to go back from where you're in college, he would go in a heartbeat. And, you know, a big thing for me when I was pondering on coming back or not, even after the meetings with Coach McCaffrey is, you know, what, what's it going to be like 20 down, twenty years down the road when I'm done playing basketball, looking back on my career and thinking, man, I have one more year to go back to the University of Iowa, one more year to possibly lead this team to, you know, we're kind of, we're technically underdog again, something that I thrive on. And that's something that Connor and Patrick told me when they're trying to get me to come back. They're like, listen, your whole life, you're underdog. This is what you thrived in to, you know, try to accomplish great things when people doubted you. And I think this is a year that is kind of like that. And that was a bet, definitely a selling point for myself, um, kind of playing that underdog mentality and, you know, kind of being stepping into kind of Lucas position that he was the last two years. Um, so, I mean, that definitely, provided me some pathway moving forward and trying to help me make a decision. But, you know, definitely my brother is saying, you know, the amount of people that told me the last month and a half saying after a season, you know, just to come back and, you know, just do whatever you can to stay one more year because the amount of people that have said that if they had one more year to go back to college, they would in a heartbeat. And I didn't want to kind of have that regret later in my life. Really mature there, I think, from Jordan, because I think it'd be easy to, as a 22, 23-year-old, say, you know, this part of my life is over and move on. But to be able to take the advice of your brothers and the advice of other people who have that life experience and, and put that, take that to heart and put that in use, I think, is a really mature way to be. And really, you know, good on him for not being embarrassed by this. I mean, I think there's an extent to which you could look at this and say, man, does it look desperate that I'm coming back you know I'm I'm this much older than some of my teammates is this look like uh you know is is there an embarrassing factor to this I don't think he should be embarrassed he had to have known there was going to be some backlash not just from opposing fan bases but from within his own fan base I mean he he's on social media enough to know that um fans are fickle and uh we're not all on the same page a lot of the time. Um, so good for him for kind of overcoming some of that stuff, not letting that hold him back, and uh, and really taking some, what I think is good advice, to heart. Good for him. Mike? Um, the name image likeness bill in Iowa died in the Senate. How do you feel about living in a state where there wasn't a desire to get that passed, at least not by the the majority of the Senate. Uh, and while it looks like athletes in other states are going to be able to earn to profit off their own NIL this coming season, what are your thoughts on all that? And, and uh, I mean, you're passing up a year potentially of professional money somewhere. 
Um, what's in this for you? I mean, to answer the last question, nothing's in it for me. You know, if anything, people can say I've been ungrateful through these last you know, years or so speaking out about college athletes, but I don't think they understand the scope of what I'm doing to try to help others around me and other fellow college athletes. It's going to make their lives better on moving forward and the younger generation that's going to come up to become college athletes are going to be better because of what I've been doing, what Geo Baker has been doing, what Isaiah Livers did this past year. What's in it for me is I'm going to continue to push for these future college athletes to benefit off a basic right that every other student on campus has. And it's an absolute embarrassment to the NCAA that they haven't passed anything. I just saw recently they finally backed a bill in federal uh, Congress recently. I think it was the last couple of hours or so, but um, I'm hoping something will get done by the end of the fall, because like you said in your second part of your question, there's going to be college athletes, um, a lot of them in the Southern states and the big, big time SEC schools that are going to be able to reap the benefits. And I'm so happy for that because they deserve to. And it's nothing that I myself will be, you know, I, I won't be sad about it because I'm not doing it possibly. And they are, um, it's everything that I work for. So continue to push other states to move forward. And um, it kind of goes along with the first question about Iowa is really disappointing that Senator Whitford did not decide to push that bill forward. It passed with flying colors to the subcommittees. Um, I thought it was a great bill that was written um, by Senator Bolden and um, other senators that helped write that as well. Um, we, we dealt with a bunch of wording in that bill as well with Ramogi and then CPA um, and other fellow college athletes in the universities across the state of Iowa. So to see that to be held up by basically one person was very, very hard to take in because we worked really incredibly hard for that. There's a lot of momentum from a lot of other states across the country. And we thought for sure that was going to be passed by, you know, before this summer. And um, it's sad, but we're going to keep pushing forward. We're not going to let that, you know, impact us of how we move forward. Why do you think it wasn't? Politics, to be flat out honest with you. Anything that doesn't get passed in Congress is politics. Um, and as soon as it kind of gets to that political line, I kind of stop, you know, being spoken out as much as I do about it because it's, you know, it's a different world in the political um, environment, as you guys all know. So um, I don't know what happened between the time we created that language of the bill to Senator Whitford not deciding to pass it. But um, like I said, um, other other states have passed bills and that's because of the momentum that we've um, created as athletes and we're going to continue to push forward. Tom. Jordan, it seems like um, CJ's decision kind of impacted what you were doing is that fair to say and what did you what were your thoughts when cj made that decision to to leave the university of iowa yeah i mean cj's decision definitely played somewhat a part you know my ability to move off the ball and not have to worry about if i came back i wouldn't impact joe tucson's trajectory as a player in college because that was the main reason like i said that i didn't want to come back so his decision to decide to transfer um, CJ's decision to decide to transfer, you know, allowed me to reopen that gate and coach McCaffrey as well to re-recruit me to kind of be more of a combo guard this year. And um, that definitely played a role. Um, but with CJ's decision, you know, I've always been, you know, I'm a huge coach McCaffrey guy. He's been backing me ever since day one. Um, and I'm a huge college athlete guy. And I believe if someone wants to leave somewhere, they deserve to. So um, that's as far as I'll get into that. But, you know, like I said, um, love CJ. I love Coach McCaffrey. Um, and I'm hoping for the best for, for CJ. John Bowenkamp. You, you've talked about taking advantage of the opportunity you're given. Um, and you're talking about 
playing in front of fans. Do you think this season will feel any different for you? Or do you think the pressure will be different? Or do you think it'll feel just like any other year? I think it'll be way more more fun and exciting this year. Not to say last year wasn't. Um, it, would, it just never felt like a real um, season as far as it went through the months. And, you know, every every game felt like a scrimmage. Every Yes, the games were on national television, but not having fans there, especially players myself that have always fed off energy from the crowd and um, being in the home environment and being in a hostile environment like an Indiana type, I always provide that as an extra fuel for myself to, you know, do as best as I can. So to have that not there the last, you know, year was just didn't feel feel right. Um, and that was another, you know, decision that, um, that helped me make my decision was because of that factor that fans are more than likely going to be able to pack the arenas this year and um, kind of have one last send off for myself as well to, you know, play as best as I can and, you know, hopefully further uh, my legacy at the University of Iowa by helping these young guys, you know, do something special this year. We're going to wrap it up there. Uh, still a few more minutes left in that interview. So if you want to see the rest of that or watch the video, uh, check that out at HawkeyeNation.com. We've also got pieces up there from John Bonencamp, who you just heard. Uh, and we'll have this covered from every angle, as we always do. Let me know what you think. At Andrew C. Downs on Twitter, at Hawkeye Nation. Um, excited about this. Excited about next season. And uh, I hope Jordan's right. I hope it is fun. I hope it is exciting. I hope we can all pack Carver Hawkeye Arena. Before we go, get out to Kinnick on Saturday. The second of the second of two spring practices open to the public at Kinnick on Saturday. And uh, the both the women's and men's teams will be honored after that, much like they did with the wrestling team uh, a week and a half ago or so. And Luca Garza will get his Naismith trophy. So that's really cool. And it'll be a good chance for at least you know several thousand Hawkeye fans to finally give Luca Garza a standing ovation. I'm sure we'll get that opportunity inside Carver Hawkeye Arena at some point. Also, want to shout out as I was recording this, the Iowa women's soccer team has advanced in the NCAA tournament. That's right, the improbable, seemingly impossible run of this Hawkeye soccer team. From 0-6, I think one goal in their first seven games, to Big Ten champions, and now uh, advancing in the NCAA tournament with a 1-0 win over Campbell. The Hawkeyes will play third seed UCLA on Friday, so be on the lookout for that. Let's support them. Let's support our Hawkeyes. Uh, The baseball team doing well as well. It's always a good time to be a Hawkeye. I appreciate you listening. Go Hawks.